you'll never amount to anything You're just wasting your time chasing the tail of a dragon kind of dream But I'm here to tell you anything can happen in this life If you got the heart and the passion and a godly fire waiting for Nash Willer to do the post-race interview and Nash wanted to get his picture taken so Brown you just jumped right in. <laughs> Slotted straight in. <laughs> Didn't even know I was there. Yeah. I think a few emerging stars there yesterday when you look at it. New Mandate in the Cup, Hawaii 5-0 in the Guineas, Princess Grace in the Crown, the two-year-old winner for Godolphin. Bit, bit to follow there. I, I'm sure there is. You know, like I said, it's um, a few early in their preparation, a few imports with plenty of improvement. Um, got to give the track a big rap. We were worried it had a busy schedule on mm. wet tracks leaning yeah. into this meeting. And Ricky Johnson did a great job. I thought one off the fence or two off the fence, and it was fair going for most horses. Yep. Mm. Good day. I love the music too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't let up. We were nice and close to that. Uh, Nash, Nash had a day out and you the did. young lady, Hannah Williams, rode not only a first winner, her first double. First double. Um, she's had a city... Well, she's... It was a... I'm not sure if it was a city meeting, but it was a race over 50,000. So she's ridden three at the track and, um, yeah, she's going great guns. She, she controlled those races and yeah. tempo and, yeah, she just rode both those horses perfect. Well, let's get through it and uh, start with the Hawkesbury Gold Cup. Uh, this was a new mandate. Uh, big thrill for Charlie Duckworth from the Waller camp. New mandate was trained by his old boss over there in England. And um, James McDonald, his, his lone winner on the day, but he made it a good one, the Hawkesbury Gold Cup. Yeah, look, he's been carefully handled settling into Sydney. He had a couple of runs in, I think, November, December and the Five Diamonds in the Ingham. And then he had a, a start-off race in the Doncaster Prelude and it set him up beautifully uh, for a race like this. And he's, like I said, he's got upside. He was beautifully ridden. He'd come with momentum, uh, the perfect Hawkesbury ride uh, from James McDonald. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure he's got upside. There's more group wins in store for him as he's... Well, well he's only had 14... Well, that's only his 15th start. Yeah. So th there's plenty of upside. Especially, and again, he didn't get the J-Mac pat, but just the way James spoke about him after the race, um, he, he was full of praise. <clears throat> Jojo was a man I thought was a bit of a run. Yeah, um, had right. absolutely no luck. all the way. Posted and he sort of made a couple of runs on him and thought he stuck on really, really well. Um, yeah. I think Desert Icon was probably the surprise run of the race because mm. you would have thought it was a start-off race for him being a... Um, 2,000 metre, yep. mile and a half type of horse. So that's encouraging signs for him and Nash nearly clean sweep the big races there with him. Yep. <laughs> and I'm convinced... He went really well just folk, he just wants a wet track. He won that race with a wet track, but it didn't eventuate for him. But he still he still run quite nicely. So um, Lord Ardmore. Yeah. He was unlucky. Yeah. Really unlucky. Got back, strung up, <clears throat> dove through late. Um, I thought his run was terrific. And the bottom weight pickup ride for I think it was Dylan Gibbons. No. Luck at all. Yeah, no. Just luck had no luck. Knees that horse, I said that post race uh, pre race, I said, just needs room this horse, and it drew the wrong side of the track. Yeah, no, she went really well. It's one of the best second lasts I've ever seen. <laughs> um, let's go and hear from uh, Charlie Duckworth, who was representing Chris Waller, and also James McDonald. We were lucky enough to be given him by Mark Chan, who, who's up in Hong Kong, um, and, and is a very patient owner, um, and he, he was trained by my old boss, Rafe Beckett, in the UK, so... We, had, we got a full, full hip, uh, line of history on him and he was, he was obviously a good horse as a youngster and then, and then had a virus um, in his three-year-old year over in the UK and 
uh, Rafe was adamant that he's, he's a good horse and, and he certainly is, so it's exciting. What's he capable of then in the future? Because uh, being such a lightly raced horse and with the problems he's had, maybe he can go a little bit better than that. Yeah, I, th I think I think you're exactly right. Look, James came and trialled him last Tuesday and said, whatever I'm riding for you in the Cup, then it needs to be a new mandate. So that was a good enough steer for us that that he was going in the right direction. And look, he, he won won that with a bit of authority. So it's just nice to get a win on, win on the board because it's been a while for, for the horse between drinks. So um, look, we'll, we'll regroup and then work out exactly where we can go. But hopefully he can, um, yeah, he can step up from here. What about the runner-up, Desert Icon? Yeah, he was enormous. Um, I, we actually was talking to Nash before the race. Said, "Look, he's 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 a bit of a rogue in the barriers, or can be." So I was a bit bit uh, concerned first up that he might be too fresh. But he was well, he was that fresh. I think he was just about the first one out of the gates. So he, he ended up getting a getting a pretty pretty tough ride and had, had was three wide. But was he was gallant and game late. So he's obviously in for a great campaign. Yeah, he travelled beautifully and. He presented like the winner at the top of Australia. He was just building through his gears beautifully and what was the most impressive, he was so strong on the line, he never faltered at all. He just kept on galloping, so very impressive win. And Greg Pritchard was out there for us yesterday catching up with a lot of people. Here's John Thompson after Jojo was a man. Yeah, he just had a little bit of a tough run from the wide draw. He began well, he tried to slot in, but he was deep. Tried to come back to get in, still couldn't get in. Had to roll forward a little bit early, give a good kick at the top of the straight. But uh, the place getters just had a, a, a better run in transit and you know had a better turn of foot. But that run will top him off nicely for Scone, which is his uh, grand final this time. Certainly hasn't been overtaxed so far this campaign, so you'd probably have him at his best for there. Yeah, well, he's building. You know, Each run's got better, and he's, he's that sort of horse. He builds for a preparation and, and keeps improving with racing. So uh, Scone's the target, and we'll be there. Scone in uh, just a couple of weeks' time. We go to Rose Hill next Saturday uh, for basically benchmark racing and yep. then to Gosford for the coast meeting and then the following Saturday, following Friday and Saturday, Scone Cup into their, their standalone Saturday. Now let's pick up them on the home turn. Uh, this is the Guineas and Hawaii 5-0, a brother to Libertini uh, who was trained by Michael Freeman, transferred to Gay and Adrian he has promised a lot. He has. He's, he's been in the unfortunate situation of being a good-looking horse who had to live with his pedigree and had the boom on him early. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that easy. Uh, but I tell you what, he could really go on with it now. Look at this for a win. Arguably the win of the day. Um, ease down, looks the goods. Um, now, I don't know how far he can go, but it'll be better than this. He was a different class yesterday. He was. Um, to, to his previous runs, not that he's been disappointing, but he just, he was sort of like, oh, I thought he's a little bit plain, but yesterday he's just outstanding. Um, oh, and look, the way that he relaxed under Nash, oh, I've got no doubt that he'll go further. Um, obviously, there'll be a lot more opportunities if he does run further. But um, yeah, he was explosive yesterday. Yeah, it'd be interesting. He'll go to Brisbane now and have a crack there, and he'll be very competitive because he'll. Especially in the handicaps, he's going to get in light, mm. he's, uh, I'd suggest. He's only won a, a maiden in that race there. So he was excellent. Atmosphere was honest again. Rosetta hit the line okay, hit a flat spot in the run when they sprinted. Uh, old mate there, Cote, did his thing. Yeah, he's he, he's finished for this prep. Yeah. I reckon, like, he just he needs to start again. He's got to stop with him and yeah. sizzle manizzle. I thought he he really franked that that was no fluke in that mm. uh, that country championships because that was a big step up from that race to to this one, and he's he's run forward. So I I, uh, I think they'd be ex uh, they'd be excited with his performance as well. A lot of people wouldn't take much notice of a, just a lowly class one at Newcastle on the fourth of February. But you look at it now and you see Major Beale beat Hawaii 5-0. That's yeah. right. A derby winner beats a Hawksbury Guineas yeah. winner. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's a, a really nice horse. Uh, Adrian Bott and Nash Rawilla. Fantastic to see. Um, yeah, Nash just uh, gave him a lovely ride today. He got him switched off and into the beautiful, beautiful position. Uh, he worked into the right time. And, yeah, I was um, really impressed with the manner in which he sort of put them away and the acceleration he showed. You haven't had him long. What are the immediate plans now? Because you can aim a little bit higher. Yeah, certainly think so off the back of today. As I said, that was sort of really impressive. He, um, yeah, I'm very, very proud of him today. So we'll, we'll, we'll aim up. We can potentially look through through Queensland. I think the tracks up there will suit him. Um, the tempo of the race up there will we'll do so also. A um, couple of nice races. So we'll just see 
sort of wanted to get today over with, see, see how he stacks up against this grade, take one step at a time, but he's, uh, yeah, I think he'll take a lot of confidence off the back of that. Yeah, lovely stepping stone, though, a group three for an I'm invincible Colt. Yeah, and, and, and the manner in which he did it, you know, he, he was able to put them away in a, a number of strides. I think that was sort of the most impressive part. Nash, Nash looked pretty confident there at the top of the straight, and he was sort of able to be pretty kind to him late, so, yeah, lovely, lovely win. He's been promising to do that for quite some time, man. Shown us a lot of potential. Look, full credit to Gay. She's sort of, as much as Adrian's running the show there at home, she's sort of taken this horse under her under wing. And, um, you know, in, in, what is it, say, six weeks, she's just turned, it, turned him into the horse we know that he was. And um, that was pretty awesome today. It was, I know Singer would have got a big thrill out of it, and so do I. It's been a little while since he's had a good horse, but this one looks like he's um, going to measure up. Well, look, he's always promised to do it. and. Um, you know, he's shown it's definitely there now, so he's, he's got no excuse going forward. Now, the race that uh, Adrian is looking at is the Fred Best, which gives a three-year-old automatic entry into a Stradbroke. Valana won it last year and then ran about eighth in the Stradbroke. Yep. But he could, go to the, he could go to the Fred Best and get in with a very light weight. Yeah. Yeah, he's still going to win that. They're not That's they're, right. They're not easy to win. No. He's, he's on an upward spiral. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from uh, Chris Lees after Rosita. She's ran well. She had the, the winners back throughout. It had a better turn of foot at the top of the straight and put them away very well. Uh, but she tried hard to, to get a black tight, black tight placing. Um, we'll see how she comes through it, whether she has another run for the preparation. I'll probably suggest the way she went today, she could probably get to a mile now, the way she raced. So we, we may look at that in a couple of weeks. She looks like she's appreciated you bringing her just down below that Group 1, Group 2 level, but no reason you can't get back up there in a four-year-old year. No, I think she's got a lot of nice racing to come over the next uh, season or two, so looking forward to it with her. All right, let's go to the uh, Crown now, the other feature on the day, and Princess Grace, an American mare, they paid $1.7 million for her in a sale in the US, uh, brought her to Australia. Ran her first up in the Sapphire in Group 2, rendered to Zapateo, and this was her second Australian start. So she's got a, uh, some Group 2s and Group 3s to her name. Yep. She might stay and work to try and get that elusive Group 1. Well, that's the next question. Does she race on for another year, or did they just buy her as a, to, to be a, a broodmare that's uh, proven? But, uh, look, I, I could see her having a good spring if they... There was talk she might even go out for a spell, or is it spell or stud? I would suggest a spell considering how well she's... I, I would be racing on, myself. Yeah. You know, the mare's like when they're in good form. Yep. Um, looked like it was going to get a little bit ugly there for Nash, but once he got half a run, um, she exploded through there. It was a good good win. I thought Expat was sensational. Got softened up by Barossa Rosa a little bit early, and then she went for home early, and with 59, I thought she fought, fought very, very hard, but she was just beaten by, a, I think, a quality group performer. Delcini, well, <laughs> she nearly upset last yeah. year and she was threatening to do it again there. Uh, she got held up for a stride, but boy, she had plenty to offer over the last little bit. I reckon she would have won had she drawn softer. Yeah, maybe. Just, yeah, just because she had to drag her back from the outside barrier. Yeah. It was yeah. quite a good ride, actually. I thought oh, I was unlucky, but when you watch the ride yeah. by Jay, he weaved his way through there, bar that little speed hump there yep. at, at the 100. Um, she ran second in the Guineas last year and third in the Crown this year. Yeah, she's mm. very good at against her own uh, uh, sex, yep. I, th I think. And Tycoon Evie was pretty good, uh, but all honours with the winner. She's uh, she's a high quality, uh, high quality mare. And let's once again hear from Charlie Duckworth and Nash Rawilla. We were 50-50 whether we whether we gave her a second run or whether we just waited for uh, for the spring carnival um, and and sort of step her up through through the grades through spring. Um, but she, when she drew well today, we said, well, let's take our chances, especially when the track came up a five rather than the heavy track. And uh, Nash gave her a beautiful ride and obviously looked a bit dicey, um, but no better, no better man to have than Nash on when you're stuck in a bit of a tight spot. He always seems to find his way out. Uh, yeah, so it's just an exciting horse. Well, the thing that's missing off a CV is a group one, so that's obviously what you want to aim for. But what about her best distance? Because her American form is over just a touch further, over a mile. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you'd be thinking thinking races like the mile and, and those sort of Phillies group ones would be would be the path for her in spring. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, we thought, look, her brilliance might have got away with it today over 13, but we didn't quite realise how much she had in hand. So, um, no, it's an awesome prospect to have and just thank you very much to China Horse Club for entrusting us with her. Yeah, look, I wanted to make sure I got away from the inside a little bit and just, just find the better ground. But, um, yeah, just uh, Brett sort of shifted out slightly just as so I was getting there, which made it a bit dicey for her. But, look, she was full of running at the time and um, thought she extracted herself out of there pretty 
pretty nicely and um, went on with the job really well. She's an exciting horse. OK, let's hear from uh, Michael Smith representing the uh, ownership group. Michael Smith from China Horse Club. Tell us how this process went about from A to B. Princess Grace from the USA to Walla. Yeah, well, we bought her at Phasic Tipton last year. We thought uh, she had a great turf profile in America and that we could bring her across here and hopefully win a group one in time. She's done the first part. She's acclimated. She's shown she's adapted to Australian conditions. Chris has done a great job with her. Uh, I'd say she's likely to spell now and come back for the spring. These things are always a gamble, but it doesn't appear to me much downside at the moment. No, she's as genuine as they come. She's only been out of the top four once in her career. Um, so she's a pretty special mare. You think there's an obvious target in the spring? I think the Empire Rose on Derby Day is the one we sort of draw a circle around. Phillies and Mare's mile, perfect for her. There you go. That's where she's going. Mm. Uh, you mentioned expat and what a great run. Uh, she, of course, is now trained by Joe Pride. Beaten by a pretty, probably a pretty classy mare, but given the way she won today. Um, uh, my mare definitely likes uh, a wet track, and we didn't get that here today, which would have been to her advantage, but uh, I'm sure at some point of the winter we will get one, and um, I think she's going along well. What's your view about the best way to race her, and what sort of race might suit her from here? Oh, look, she's, she, she's best around that 13, 1,400-metre mark, um, and, then just, and then just needs, a, as I say, to do her very best, needs a wet track. So um, she's up at the right time of year, and hopefully we'll get one. All right. So, uh, before we move on to James Heddo, uh, Nash was pretty to watch yesterday. He's riding, I'm not, not going to say career best form, but for the last few years, I, I, I don't think I can have seen Nash ride better. His timing, I know he had that little bit of a health scare here, you know, a few mm. months ago, but since he's been back from that, his timing and positioning has just been outstanding. In rare form. Yeah, rare he's, form. he's riding, mm. and every horse... Bar probably the first race yesterday, and he was only because he was snooker behind the favourite. I think he's just, yeah, he's riding out. out. Just confidence is just flowing through the It horses. is, yep. And he's not overtaxing himself. He's not putting himself under too much pressure. Um, he's just taking the rides at the right weight. Mm. Um, yeah, he's, he's never looked better. And he's, no. a, he's unmistakable, yeah. isn't he? When he's got the arms and the legs yep. going, he uses all his body. It's, <laughs> it's quite unique. He's yeah. one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. definitely. He's going great. Uh, James Heddo, the CEO at Hawkesbury, after a big day out there. Yeah, fantastic day, Greg. Really pleased, really proud of the team. A lot of um, preparation and planning goes into this event. It's all run very smoothly, so very happy. Grey skies behind us, but they didn't bring rain today and the crowd came along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we haven't had the greatest of luck with the weather, as a lot of clubs haven't, but today's been great, so very happy. In terms of standalone meetings, Hawkesbury, of course, goes back a long way, and now you're looking to hopefully expand it with one of those big races like we see at the Hunter and the Gong. Yeah, certainly. I've had some preliminary discussions with Racing New South Wales about a new race on the card. We're looking at a staying race to complement Sydney Cup Chairman's Handicap, that sort of thing. So I think there's an opportunity for us just to add to the program. As you said, we were the first standalone. 2006 was when we commenced, and, and um, I think think we can add to the program with a new race, I think it'd be fantastic. Are you talking right up to ha perhaps 3,200 metres? Yeah, definitely. We, we've done some preliminary um, surveying work and we can run from the 1,100 metre shoot, 3,000 metre race, 3,200 metre race. So that's what I'm thinking. But obviously I need to w work with Racing New South Wales, trainers, jockeys, and just have a look what the best fit is. But you'll certainly find out where you stand sooner rather than later. Yeah, we'd like to know soon. If, if we could and put the planning into place and um, but yeah I, I think there is an opportunity as I said. Well when we come back we're going to have a look at uh, the first winner of the day a very promising two-year-old to open the card at Hawkesbury. Okay, let's go right back to the first race. And Zardozzi came to the Hawkesbury meeting unbeaten, debuted at Gosford, and then went to Hawkesbury, and came back to Hawkesbury to win the Clarendon Stakes, which normally throws up a half-decent two-year-old. Yeah, it certainly does. It, does. it always does. But, I mean, we were a little bit worried coming into this race. It was, you know, only, only one little form line to work with. Mm. But it might be a good form line. It could well be a good form line. Are they, she's, 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 she's immature. Yeah, she's nowhere near the finished product yet. No. She's got a lot of furnishing to do. She's still, and Chad actually said after the race that, um, you know, she's a petite little filly. Um, 
yeah, definitely, definitely nowhere near the bottom of her you yet. You can see how narrow she is there, yep. and that's come probably in a pedigree as well, uh, being out of Dubawi Mare and, and by Kingman and whatever. So th th it's all future there, yep. and it's all upside, and and um, who Hello. knows, an oak's in the spring. Yep, an oak's in the spring. Yeah, so yeah. the mare, the mare was put in foal. She was served over in Europe. Yep. And then she, the, 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 the mother flew over here. Yeah, and, and she fouled down here. Right? Fouled okay. down here, yeah. yeah. So, look, I can't knock an unbeaten filly. It doesn't sound like they're going to go to Brisbane with her, but they can, that can change. Californian was far from disgrace. No. He, he was very good in his own right. I there. thought he ran terrific, and that was the only race where I said Nash was sort of snookered back behind the favourite. And, um, yeah, Chad basically just outrode him. Quasimodo will spell after a disappointing run. So, uh, Darren Beeman there representing uh, the James Cummings stable yesterday. Whatever she's done on the track and around the yard, she's just a very simple filly, mm -hmm. but race day she seems to get the job done and, um, you know, we gave her, they gave, well, the team gave her a lot of trials. She had about five trials before. She just wasn't quite mature enough physically, um, but she's really started to grow into herself nicely, but, you know, her demeanour and her attitude will really take her to another level, which she, you know, she, now she's really got the picket fence, uh, three wins. Well, she ate up 1,400. Mm. She looks like she'd eat up a mile. Yeah, well, she's out of a, um, an English mare, um, Dubawi mare, and she was unraced, and, but the family all seemed to run over a trip, you know, sort of around about a mile and a quarter, mile and a half. So um, her, her attitude, the way she just falls asleep in her races and quickens up nice in the straight is going to serve, you know, when she does get over, over a bit more of a trip. Team will have to think very seriously about Brisbane or... Or something. Yeah, I think you know, given that she you know she really conserves energy, I think that you know, you know, I guess she'll tell us whether she goes to Brisbane or not. But I think she'll be a, a pretty strong candidate um, in in the Spring Carnival over a trip. There was another impressive win. She's just raised the bar every time I've ridden her, and felt better at each occasion too. She's she's the ultimate professional. She's absolutely push push button to ride, and we had the pace on today, so we were relaxed at the back there. I sort of claimed Rimbo quite, quite comfortably and put him away. And she was just coasting a little bit in front, but what I liked was when she felt a bit of pressure from that second horse late, she actually went again. So, yeah, she's, she's improving quickly, and so it'll be interesting to see how high she can go. And here's a comment on the second horse, Californian with Sterling Alexia. He's a nice horse. He's still doing plenty, uh, plenty wrong. Um, he's, he's still pretty green and raw, but um, going forward, there's a couple of nice 1400s coming up midweek and Saturday sort of grade. So he's just a horse that'll improve with racing, and um, no doubt he's one of those wins isn't far away. Not tempted to go to Brisbane? Oh, look, he, he's got to start doing things right. I think he's got to grow up a bit mentally and um, start doing things correctly before he goes match it, matches it with some of those better ones up there. All right, now let's go to the uh, feature sprint on the uh, card, the Gold Rush, and the decision was made to geld Malkovich, a very, very speedy commodity. He showed his speed and a bit of toughness there yesterday. He did, and yeah, look, he was beautifully prepared. He was beautifully rated in front. Just everything was perfect. Yep. He, he took ownership yep. of the race, steadied at the right time, quickened at the right time, and, and when he looked vulnerable here, I, I thought he had something left. He lifted, lifted, lifted right through the line here. Mm. He was good. Oh, mate, I thought he was great, like, especially the way Joshy rode him. I think that was, not, well, I'm not saying definitely won him the race, but the first furlong, he showed it that, that he wanted the lead. Yeah. He got out there, rated him really well, had given him some soft sectionals from the 700 through to the home turn and then skipped again. It was just a really, really well-judged ride. Yeah, he's just a, he's a gelding. He's going to be around a while now and he's, he's going to be, he's going to be earning a lot of money. Yep. He's I like to be... run a fox fighter. He's, he's definitely a, the way to ride him. Talk about an underrated horse. Yeah. That horse has yet to run a bad race in his whole career. Yeah, and he's one of those horses, he, he, he likes to be ridden back off the speed. He's been ridden right behind the speed and he doesn't hit the line like he, he did mm. like he, when he's ridden quite. Very fine red, was excellent. Just ridden probably uh, out of a comfort zone. She's a filly that probably likes to swoop, but the way that race, when they slowed up, yeah. uh, I think Tyler did the right thing, even though it's not her style. So she was just beaten by a better horse in the day. One to follow there, one to follow there, one diva. When she finds a Billy's and Mare's race, be on her. Um, I just think that would have, they may have been a bit sharp for her yesterday, but I think she's come back really well. Bjorn's had a very good time of it. <laughs> great country. Great, great country, Australia. Yeah. Great city, Perth. <laughs> yes. he, he's great changed, meeting Hawkesbury. Yeah, changed his... 
changed his favourites a few times. Well, he has. He's, um, <laughs> he tries to keep everyone happy. Yeah. Um, he said, I remember he came down after winning the Tancred, and before we started the interview, he said, oh, we needed that, we needed that. And he probably was having a quieter time because he had that really good run, and Arapahoe yep. uh, got them back on track. And then, of course, winning the Quokka, and now Malkovich, and, uh, well, here he is. He's back. Another great ride, Josh Parr, the magic team, Derby and Josh Parr. And I guess the common denominator is two new geldings. And Aussie geld, always a great thing. <laughs> so like overpass... That's a, that's, a, that's a line that I just keep reusing. Yes, I know, and we'll just brush right over it. But like overpass, like overpass, this boy has had the harshest cut of all but he needed it, Bjorn, to be a racehorse. Yeah, I think so. And it wasn't so much a temperament thing. He just got too big and strong, and, and he's definitely come back a little bit lighter and more athletic. So um, it's always hard coming to these races first up and being confident, and it was a really good ride. Uh, Josh, he, he just got beaten in this race last year on yeah. a heavy track, so I thought he, he definitely had more things in his favour today with a, a better track. And, uh, no, it's great to see him get another stakes, stakes victory. He, earned, he deserved it. Now, how much improvement? is there in him? Yeah, we'll just have to have a good think about it and see see where to from here. Um, I'll tell you, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Now we, we've got longevity, we've got a good career, we can be patient, look at it, I'll talk to Team Derby and, and see where we go to, but it's a, a, the, the mayor of Malkovich um, is a blue hen mayor, she had the stakes winner a couple of yeah. weeks ago, Just keeps she keeps delivering. Now, what's your favourite little animal? Is it a kiwi, or are they officially a bird? Are they, can we call them animals? It starts with a Q, I'm tipping. Yeah, is it, is it a kiwi, or is it a quokka? Well, I went over to Rottnest Island, and I've never had that bonding time with the kiwis like oh. I did with the quokkas. <laughs> I was able to get up close and personal, and what a beautiful animal, I tell you. And some people said they look like a rat. No, they oh, don't. No. They look more like a koala. <laughs> he uh, so sensible here today. I, I, I canned it off for the first 400 metres, and it was like at a really placid canter. I thought, oh, come on, mate, I'm going to have to spark some energy here. And I got him up to a, a significant speed and got the blood flowing uh, just to give myself a little bit of reassurance that uh, he was in the game. So uh, we got behind the start and he was he was ready to go. And, and you saw a, a brilliant turn of foot and a, a brilliant racehorse. You got some cheap sectionals from probably the 600 through the 400? Yeah, isn't it amazing when you're on a fast horse like this, they can, they can take up that spot quite quickly and make it look uh, quite exaggerated, uh, the speed that you've got there. Then, then they come back to you and travel kindly. There's always, there's always something left. So, uh, perfectly prepared horse, and, and I was able to get the job done. Just go back to the uh, to the quokka for just one moment. You, uh, you read something during the week about the turnover on that race. Yeah, I saw an interview. I think it was on. I'm not sure where it was. It was on. I saw it on social media. Yeah. And they said the quokka held 40% more than any other race ever held in Perth. Uh, as an individual race, so more than any railway or Perth Cup, 40% more in turnover. Because so, of the recognition what, of the race and the way they promoted it. Exactly. And I, and I don't know the official figures of the Everest, but it would be probably on, on, on par. Yeah. Con, you know, compare, and then you're comparing that with Golden Slippers and That's Doncasters right. and stuff. Yeah, no, and you're talking about 12 horses. Exactly. Not 20. Yeah. No, that's, that's an amazing when I heard that. I thought, oh, it's obviously going to hold well. Yeah. And I can understand it being up there with railways and Kingston Towns and what all, all that sort of stuff, but... Immediately went past it. 40%. That's mm. a big margin. Mm. So, feather in their cap for doing it. It's the, it's the new way. Slot races. Yep. Slot pop races. up races. Pop up races. Hey, they actually work. They're popping up yeah. everywhere. They're popping up. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, where are we up to? Oh, Scott Derby. Yeah, well, Derby Racing. They've had a great couple of weeks. They owned Overpass and also Malkovich. He's done a fantastic job. Uh, he ran second here last year in the race and I think he's just come back. He's been gelded. He's just come back that little bit more genuine and stronger. Uh, his actions changed a bit and I think we're in for a pretty big prep. You've got overpass, but you weren't in Perth last week, so you missed the celebration. No, I sent the racing manager over. It was a long flight over, but as soon as they win, you wish you were over there. But that was fantastic for the owners, and particularly the slot holders too. We really chased him hard. Uh, Bjorn did a great job to have him spot on first up, and to win the normal one, it's, uh, it's a pretty big feat. 
you'd know as well as anyone when you've got these horses, you've got to go around and find the right races, no matter how far away they are. 100%. Uh, Overpass has been in the top grade most of his life, and uh, you're just trying to find that next tier down. You know, he's run second in Nature Strip and been in the Everest and all those sorts of races. So to find a $4 million race that's probably that next tier down was, um, you know, really, really good. Big Thank prize money race. And uh, also third in that race, Ander Matt, here's Darren Beeble. I thought it was a good honest run. It was, it was a pass market. You know, they run home in 32-7 off the front, so it was very hard for him to make up ground. He was probably on the more inferior type of ground in the straight, but a good honest run. Had four runs since the start of February. Anything else left for it? Um, I'll leave that to James and, and the planning team. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, the great day out for Hannah Williams, um, and we'll talk about the other apprentices as well. Okay, let's go to the highway now. And um, Penthouse had brought pretty good form into this race. She had raced in some uh, black type races, which is which is unusual. For a, for a highway grade horse. She'd, she'd run in the Woodlands, she'd run in the Bill Carter, she'd run in the a Magic Millions Classic down there at Ballarat, but she'd had a couple, she'd won a highway. Um, and here she was in highway class as a class two horse. We sit there doing form, 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 and it was just the obvious. You go back five starts, she's beaten two lengths by in secret this time last year. Yeah. And here we are going, oh, 61 kilos, but you forget the claim and the, her ability, her natural speed. Yep. And, um, yeah, she just was too good for so her. It was life. just a great ride by Hannah. She she not only gave her a squeeze and got her up and over, but just the way that she harnessed the speed and brought it back underneath her. And, yeah, she's just, she's riding great as well. She's putting me in the right spots. Two rides, two wins. Was it King of Spades she narrowly was beaten on yes. yeah. uh, at Rose Hill? She deserved to get the and, money. And why she deserved it, Greg, was because the horse wasn't actually meant to lead. Yep. She ended up landing in front and she rated the horse again really well. But she was meant to be back running fourth or fifth, uh, chasing the speed. And, yeah, she she's just showing what a, what a good rider she can be. Her claim's useful, very useful. Yeah. The place getters speak for themselves. They both run well. Dollar Magic can win another highway, and Titration can uh, train on. I thought Outreach to Henry was good first up, but the the one that caught my eye was this Marcassen from um, Terry Robinson. First up in a few years, got found trouble, and was pretty good there. So look for improvement, maybe in with another round grease belt. We'll talk more about it in a moment. But three apprentices were suspended there yesterday. Reese Jones. Zach Lloyd and Dylan Gibbons. Reese Jones in that race on uh, Dollar Magic. Uh, so he's out from the 1st of May to the 11th of May. Reese Jones after causing careless riding on Dollar Magic. Let's go and hear from Hannah and also Maddie Dale. Picked this race out some time ago and um, set it toward it and she hasn't missed a beat. I suppose the reason the market was against her was a big weight wide gate. And then after the first, it appeared the, the fence might be off. So that was the only last minute instructions. I was running late in traffic and I rang ahead and, and uh, got the instructions slightly changed to don't go near the fence. I didn't want any variables um, and Hannah done a great job of controlling the tempo but staying down the centre of the track. So she's riding above her years, Hannah, and yeah. great job. And where do you go next with Penthouse? That was her first up today. Yeah, she'll go in a few weeks' time to Scone, the three-year-old Phillies listed race. Mm -hmm. um, she ran third there to in secret last year in the two-year-old version, and we'll head back there in three weeks. Yeah, super. She travelled so well throughout. It was just a matter of getting over from that sticky gate, and once we did, she travelled unreal. She's got an electric turn of foot for a filly that's not real big, but carried a big weight. Yeah, she's not real big, but she's got a whole lot of power behind her, and the weight was probably a little bit of a query, but she seemed to manage it fine today. OK, um, let's go to the midway now. And uh, Moonlight Grace, bit to talk about in this race. Let's, let's talk about first, second, third and fourth. Um, um, yeah, well, I think firstly we should talk about the winner. I think we're talking about all these horses that are going to train on and mm. do good things. This may have been only a, a midway, but there's something about this filly. There's something about this filly that I think is very, very good. Um, relative time-wise for the 1100s, I thought she shaped up well, considering uh, the class of the other 1100 metres on the day. Uh, she looked good, she yes. tried well, she uh, went out with a bang, winning a sitting maiden. 
And I, she could well be a little black type filly in time, this filly. I, I really like the way she savages the line and yeah. with improvement to come. I reckon they've got a serious little racehorse on their hands, especially, again, um, the way Dylan Givens spoke to, spoke to me after the race. He was nothing but praise for the horse. In the, in the skin, she looked outstanding. Mm. You know, when she paraded, she looked like she was in the middle of spring, going mm. into spring. Uh, not going into winter, but yeah, I think they've got a serious little like her a lot. Yeah. I like her a lot. She's by the same sire as the Everest winner, Giga Kick. <laughs> Scissor Kick. What you know, a Scissor Kick is this? You know where he ended up? Well, I thought Turkey or something. Tunisia. Oh, God. It's a long way to send a man. It gets <laughs> Ended up in Tunisia. Doing what? Pulling a cart. Well, <laughs> no. He, he went over there for stud duties. Yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, now, now, what's his what's his fee? <laughs> <laughs> Not much. We'll, we'll do a bit more research on, on, on the, on what the history. Bring it back. Tunisia. He ended up, and now he's thrown Giga Kick and Moonlight Grace. Oh my. It's an amazing story. We will do something on that in our quieter yes. in our quieter periods coming up. Now, uh, Abuela ran second, and. Sweet Mercy ran third, but Zach Lloyd uh, weighed in light, so Sweet Mercy had to be disqualified from the race. Now, just explain this, Corey, if yep. you can. He has two sets of boots. Yep. So he has a heavy set with with lead in the, yeah. in the boots and he's a got light. Lead boots. He's got yeah. lead <laughs> lead boots. He's got lead boots. He's I've got, never heard of the lead. Boots. He's got lead embedded. Yeah, in the, in the boots. Got it sewn into the back of the, sort of like around the calf muscle to yeah. make the boots heavier, because he is such a natural lightweight. Mm. But what's actually happened is the stewards make your way out um, a race before, so the obviously trainers and strappers can come and collect the saddles and get them down there and get them saddled up. So he's weighed out um, before race two uh, to ride in race three with, with, the, heavy the, with the heavy boots. So therefore in race two he was riding light. So he went back in the room, changed the boots, so he could go out and ride the correct weight in race two. But then after race two, he was hauled into the stewards room and he was getting a bit of a dressing down and he, he walked out of the stewards room and he's a little bit frazzled and an honest mistake, a bad mistake, but he forgot to put the heavy boots back on to go out and ride in race three. So, so he, he ended up, that, those boots, the difference was 1.3 kilos. Because I, I, I found, when I heard that come over the loudspeaker, I thought, well, I've never heard a pair of boots weighing 1.3 kilos. So I run into the jockey's room to find out what was going on. But he said, no, because he's so light, mm. um, he's got yeah, strips of lead um, sewn into the boots. So it makes it heavier. And I asked Steve Rout, and I said, did you weigh the boots? And he said, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Just, just to double check that, you know, this yeah. kid was telling the truth, which he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny lead boots because I was always taught if you get the dead weight, you know, get it on their shoulder or above, yeah. above their shoulder and he's, he's got it in his boots. Yeah. Oh, uh, obviously you're not allowed to wear lead vests anymore. No. In the old days you could, I can understand that. Yep. Uh, but, um, yeah, interesting. Well, I, I was the same, Ronnie. Like I, the last time I'd heard of even lead in the boots was like jockeys that were like Paddy Payne. When he first started, I'm sure he would add a pair of lead boots. He only weighed 38 or something kilos, so he would add lead soles on the boots. But, um, yeah, I would say in the last 20 years, I've never heard of it. So the ramifications, the consequences are the horse is disqualified. That is, that's the rules of racing. There's no, there's no other option. You have to disqualify that horse because yep. he hasn't carried the weight. Yep. So the owners lose the prize money. But Zach has offered mm. to reimburse the owners the lost prize money, which was yep. around $11,000, is that correct? 11000 yeah, just under... two fifty. Yeah, so... That's a, that's a feather in his cap. Yeah, it is. It's a, it does have South African in his blood, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if, if there's a payment plan going on. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a, a very... No, he's... Yeah, yeah he's it's right a great gesture. He's yeah. obviously felt bad felt about bad. it, so he should. But yeah. unfortunately, so the owners... Uh, miss out. Thank God it wasn't a black type race because if it had, oh. you know, we're looking at a, a filly yeah. who, who, if that had happened at a black type race, there's a lot more at stake than 11,000. Yeah. But the punters can't be compensated. Mm. No. So the punters have done their money. Yep. But there's, there's no, and they've discussed this at stewards com conferences and tried to get around it. There's no way to protect the punters in this case. If you make it a late scratching, now, being disqualified, it is thrown out of the race. There is, there is no, no comeback. There is deductions. no deductions. Mm. You can't deduct from the winner. Mm. The deductions can't take from can't, the winner. You can't penalise the punters that back the winner. That's right. Yeah. Um, because so, you're unfair and square. So it's yeah. one of those rules, like the protest third against first, when the third horse 
is prove that it should have beaten the winner had the interference uh, not occurred, but it doesn't get the race. The second horse gets the race. Yeah. Yep. And does she run third if, if she has the extra kilo and yes. all that? <laughs> so there are, there, are, there, are, there are a couple of rules there where you can't get around penalising yep. the innocent. So the punters in this case, who might have lost a trifecta or might have lost the each way bet, yep. or in a protest situation where it's third against first and, mm. and the second horse gets it. There's a couple of ways, you can't get around it. I know, but no. what about the punter that's back the fourth horse and then it goes into third? Well, they go around yeah. showing the ticket to everyone. <laughs> they you did know? yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so, where are we up to? Let's go back and uh, hear from uh, Alan Keogh after the win. So it was, as Ronnie said, a, a, a very nice filly going forward. Alan Keogh and also Dylan Gibbons. I had her in a listed race up Dooman today with a scratch. I reckon she's a real deal. So. And she can obviously get out even further than 1100, so you've got plenty of options? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I, I think she'll probably get a mile of hold. She'll get to a mile, I reckon. Um, she goes to sleep. Um, she's, a, she's a nice horse. She's got a good, good, good um, brother that won a couple of group, group ones in Hong Kong. and. A horse called Pans down over WA goes all right, so but she was a two thousand dollar special, so <laughs> <laughs> so it's a family horse and it makes it a bit better win when you train it for your father-in-law and and the missus and stuff. So that's great. Yeah, no, what you, good. So what are you thinking next? Um, I'm thinking that I reckon I'll take her up for the Gold Coast Guineas. Full credit to him, you know. When we got that win last prep, it's always easy to want to push on, but look, they did the right thing, they tipped her out, and I'll tell you what, she's um, completely different horse from last time she's gone out. She's strengthened and just become an ultimate professional. She stepped back in trip, obviously, first up, but um, once she got back and blended in and found a bum, she really lengthened once she got clear. Yeah, exactly, and I was sort of a bit worried the leaders were getting away, but when we straightened up, I just had to sort of help her change lead legs, and when she did, she really went up a gear, and then it was just a matter of hope and Josh stopped, because the track's obviously playing a bit hard and fast today, but look, full credit to her, you know, they've run home in slick time, she's had to come off and pick them up, so great win. Just back to uh, just back to that uh, Zach Lloyd situation. Uh, he got a suspension from the first of May to the 22nd of May, so 22 okay. days. He currently leads the apprentice's title on 53, five behind is Tyler Schiller, and one further back is Dylan Gibbons. Now Dylan, I think, might lose. Uh, he, he got, got suspended, a so he might lose one Saturday. Yep. So it's a chance for Gibbons and Schiller to sort of catch up. Yep. But I mean. They could catch up. I don't know whether they get a break on him. And it's the time of year that apprentices are so sought after winter time. Yeah. Like it's yeah. when the kids want to be really riding and at their best. And and not... can you believe? Can you believe this? Zach's brother, <laughs> <laughs> Zach's brother Jaden Lloyd, also weighed in light yesterday in Brisbane. You cannot believe it. He weighed in light now. He ran 10th. Okay. He ran 10th. So he was out of contention. But Queensland have a rule where they give you half a kilo leeway. The yeah. old bridle. Call for the bridle. Call for the bridle. Yeah, the bridle. The bridle. You used to call for that armour cloth too. But. Yeah. We used to have a rule in the old days where in your gear bag, the trainers would have a very heavy bridle. <laughs> just in case. Right. And they'd, With they'd a big bit on it. And, yeah. and soak it in the water for a while. <laughs> so poor old Zach couldn't call for the bridle anyway. It wouldn't have made a difference with 1.3. But Jaden also weighed in light. Um, but no disqualification there because the half kilo put him into the range. But it's just amazing that brothers would do it on the he same day. He went out in sympathy, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about all your little angels? All got suspended oh, yeah, yeah. today. The Gibbons got it, yeah. Lloyd. Jones, got it. Jones. Lloyd, Gibbons. Oh, Good on you, boys. Yeah. What's going to happen? It used to be that the senior doggies like, end of the carnival, yeah. let's all get suspended and go on a week away. Yeah. No. Even the apprentices yeah, are doing it. <laughs> kids are knocking them over. Oh, no. Pretty amazing. Uh, let's go to race number four. And little did we... Oh, it's pretty to watch. Well, we forgot that Pretty Amazing is actually a Group 3 winner. Mm. She won the Kembla Grange Classic as a three-year-old. Um, and she was still eligible for a benchmark 72 there. Last start, which she won at Hawkesbury. And she's backed it up again here in a 78. Yeah, he just places them so well, Chris, doesn't he? He yeah. just pinches every dollar with yeah. them and take him to look, look, she's obviously, I thought she was a little bit weak at stages through her career, even though she is a stakes winner, but she's obviously stronger, this preparation, and uh, and looks 
Perfect. Looks to have a good future. Perfect uh, again. Nash putting him in the right spot. Like I thought it would settle three pairs back, maybe, you know, right behind the speed, but the speed was so hard and fast up top, he, he just settled it back second last. And Corey, here's uh, Hannah Williams again on yep. Delacour. Delacour for Normie Gardner has made it three in a row. Again, just another really well-judged ride by this girl. Nice balance. Yeah, she's she's riding well and she rides with the stick in both hands. Um, I went back through her rides because I've been chipping the kids not putting the stick in the left hand often enough, but I went back through her rides and yeah, she's She's riding great. And now she can go and get that photo on the wall because uh, <laughs> McDonald would yeah. be in the yeah in the, background. Be in the picture, in the background. So She's said, beaten McDonald. She should get it signed. <laughs> Here's uh, Normie Gardner and Hannah Williams. Really good look. I think she settled a little bit more with her races before. You know, she's run five or six races. She was over racing and pulling. And now this young girl's got the key to her. She, uh, yeah. you know, she's just got good hands on her and got her to settle. And look, in the straight, she never looked like it and be. No. So you've gone from uh, what you've done an open, you've done a mare's benchmark 72. What was that today? Uh, 78. 78. So you've still got a bit of room to work with? Yeah, she'll go to the Walkertown Plate now, uh, two weeks' time. That's always been our aim with her. But we just want to try and make sure she can run the 1200. And that young girl on, she might just do it. Well done. Two from two. Did you notice who runs second there? Uh, yeah, I did. I just followed him the whole way, to be honest. Now, what you do, you go and buy a photo, get it enlarged, and walk straight in the room and get him to sign it for you. <laughs> That's just it, isn't it? He was just unreal. She travelled up so well throughout. And um, coming into the, that, that corner there, she just gave me her all. She seems to be relaxing a lot better in her races now. She is. I think you've just got to stay out of her way a little bit and, and let her feel like she's in control. And in that way, she, she seems to not over-race like she can. Horsebury's your favourite track? So far, yes, most definitely. Until she rides a treble somewhere else. <laughs> Here's uh, Palmetto in the last. Uh, it was Kerry McAvoy and John Sargent. Yeah, put in a beautiful spot, given the perfect run, but a strong horse. I think, looking at him, he's still got a little bit furnishing to do, getting the coat right and whatever, but I, yeah, his first up run was good and this was even better. I want to follow Wicklow, I'm yeah. disappointed if you backed him, but I just think month off, second up, yep. uh, this will just top him off for his, um, a, a little bit further next time and, and it was just a funny race, they got on their bike early and yep. it, was, it was a strange little race. I think he's heading to the Wagga Cup. Well, there mm. you go. Mm. What a good uh, couple of days it's going to be down there at Wagga, so yep. you've still got, you got the Gosford, Scone, Wagga, all to look forward to. Mm. And the Brisbane Carnival is uh, underway, really. Mm. So we're going to take, we're just going to fill up our little cups of tea and go up to Michael Maxworthy in Brisbane. <laughs> had a great day's racing at Doombin yesterday, weather fine, track good, and the highlights were the last three races on the program. Before we take a look at those, let's have a look at the winner of race number five because he's a pretty popular horse here in southeast Queensland. When he pops over the border, I refer to the Mwillumbar Galloper, far too easy, who returned here in great order. F Troopers, well clear, three lengths in front, running home well, 15 rounds, Boom Neighbours on the rail and far too easy down the outside. Sweet Margot Mesa further, three lengths back behind those. F Troopers getting swallowed up now, running home is over on the outside, far too easy, taking over and far too easy. He's won it far too easy from 15 rounds. Celatine flashing home for third. Sweet Margot, my F troop. Great to see far too easy back in the winner's circle. His trainer David McComb said after the race, or he mentioned the Stradbroke handicap, but he's got to try and qualify for that race, but does have plenty of options leading up to the big race coming up in June. Well, first of the stakes races was race seven on the program. It was the Princess Stakes over 1,615 metres. The favourite was Wolverine. She started at $2.70 and she was written quietly from the awkward gate. The eventual winner was Street Gossip. Now, she was getting a lovely run in transit until about the 1,000 metres mark when there was a bit of trouble ahead of her and she was obliged to race very wide coming down the side of the course. Here comes Street Gossip storming over and taking up the running now with 100 metres left young comes away street gossip in front madame odette wolverine coming home late but street gossip's too good has won it well from madame odette wolverine 
Well, that was a tidy performance turned in by Street Gossip, trained by Mark Newnham, ridden by Tom Sherry, and that team combined to win a race earlier at Durban yesterday with Iowa. But this filly overcame a bit of a tough run through the second half of that race to score a comfortable victory, and she's likely to head towards the Sunshine Coast in two weeks for the bracelet over 1,800 metres. Race eight was the tails. Familiar faces lined up here over 1,615 metres. Tumbler Ridge was sent off the favourite at $3.00. 60. He sat up in second placing behind Master Jamie. Skyman running home and further back to Wapatee. Master Jamie just in front, trying hard. Tumbler Ridge. Here's Skyman on the outside, coming home strongly. Seafest between them, but Skyman out wide, dashed up, quickly took over, and Skyman. Skyman's one seconds of photo between Seafest, Master Jamie, and Irish Playboy, followed by Santero. Skyman taking up the tails. Last time he was here in Brisbane, he had a hit-and-run mission winning the Burnborough. This time around, he wins the tails in the hands of Jimmy Orman, trained by Chris Waller. And that was his ninth victory. He's been a wonderful horse for his connection, Skyman. So to the last race yesterday, the Mick Dipman play for some of our speedy three-year-olds. It was met with great anticipation. As we expected, they were going to go really quickly. The eventual winner for Annabelle Neesham, Lady Laguna, sat just behind the speedsters and her jockey Damien Thornton had to wait for a run to appear. 300 metres left to run Bazik in front, second spiritualised third on the outside, Golden Boom Ah, Chinny Boom's not in the race at the moment, weaving through Lady Laguna here's Swiss Exile down the outside Swiss Exile, Lady Laguna Lady Laguna, Swiss Exile, they hit the line and Lady Laguna has won from Swiss Exile and third lubrication followed by Midnight in Tokyo So the honours there with Lady Laguna, trained by Annabelle Nee ridden by Damien Thornton. Annabelle had the runner-up as well in Swiss Exile. So the solid Sydney autumn form certainly standing up at Doomben yesterday. And we're likely to see these three-year-olds line up again in a couple of weeks at the Sunshine Coast. Well, that's a quick wrap-up of the stakes races at Doomben yesterday. But we now look forward to the start of Stradbroke season this coming Saturday at Eagle Farm, where the highlights are going to be the Sky Racing Queensland Guineas and the Group 2 Victory Stakes. Okay, good meeting coming up. That victory stake's looking very strong. Going to be very strong. If we're hearing the right horses are going there. Okay, so next week, Rose Hill uh, for our lowest key meeting in months and months and months. Uh, but then to Gosford, uh, we've got Wagga coming up and, of course, Scone as well. Yep. Look, look, looking forward to it all. Can't wait. Thank you, Corey. Thank, thank you, you, Ronnie. And thank you for watching. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.